Welcome to Freedom to Choose, brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, giving hope to people caught in the devastation of addiction. In their series, Questions from Prison, Rich and Susan Kallenberg share 14 messages they teach to prisoners and answer their questions from within the walls of captivity. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom 18 years ago from their out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Break free from the chains that may bind you or your loved ones. Now here's Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose. Hello everyone, my name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And Susan, we're here again today talking about our prison ministry on Freedom to Choose. Yes. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about it? Well, we go into Folsom Women's Facility and uh, teach some information regarding addiction recovery and we uh, use the Bible as our workbook. But we also have another book that we um, share with them. It's called Steps to Christ Recovery Edition. Great. And so, in other words, we don't really teach addiction recovery. We lead them to Christ, and Christ is the one that teaches them addiction recovery. Is that how it works? Correct. Yeah, because it just doesn't work any other way. Right. We've watched it. I mean, we've been... uh, clean and sober now for roughly 18 years. Yes. We've been married for 17. Good job. There's a miracle there. (laughs) (laughs) And we've been, yeah. And so we've been together and we've watched people die. Mm -hmm. We've watched people come in and out of programs. Mm -hmm. And the ones that make it are the ones that get it, realize their need, fall in love with God, and they make it. Yes. It's just how it works. It's, It's just how it works. Um, now, this book that we're going through, Steps to Christ Recovery Edition, if you've been listening to the programs and you want to get a hold of this book, you can uh, you can get one by just calling us, 916-645-1297. That's 916-645-1297. And Susan, would you bring uh, open today's program with a word of prayer? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, thank you once again for... Uh, the privilege to talk about you and to share everything you're doing in the prison and how you want to break the chains that bind us all. At at some point, we're all locked up in our own prison of sin, and so we're grateful that you come and and you break us from the bondage and set us free. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have you ever struggled with doubt? Have you ever wondered if God is real? Have you ever wondered if the Bible or what the Bible says is true? Well, if so, you're not alone. Now, the title, of course, of this series is Questions from Prison, and we're in week 12. The title of week 12 is what? Unanswered Questions, What to Do with Doubt, How to Be Sure About God So You Can Truly Celebrate Life in Recovery. And, um, you know, something happened today. I mean, how to be sure about God so you can truly celebrate life in recovery. There are things that happen in your life that come along, events or whatever, that happen. And when these events happen, um, God will speak to you in certain ways. And sometimes 
what he does through people can blow you away. And Susan and I uh, have a very good friend that we lost this morning. Uh, his name was Dr. Herbert Douglas. Uh, he's the reason we have this ministry. Um, he's an older gentleman, but I'm proud to say he's my best friend. Um, we got to meet him uh, in a Lincoln church, oh, back in about 2004. Hmm. And uh, he kind of took us, he's, he's what, he's written 28 books. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a doc, he has a doctor of theology. And he is a person that when you see him and you see the influence that he has on people, um, it just it just sets you back. You say, "Okay, this 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 is removing doubt. Mm-hmm. This is removing doubt about God." Um, he helped us start our ministry. We started talking about. He he asked us, "What do we do all day? What is you know? What's your background?" And we both told him we've been on dope all our lives. And you know, he says, uh, "Okay." Um, and then we thought, you know, well, Doctor Douglas, we want to start a ministry. And he says, "Well." Well, you need to get a board of directors. You need to become a 501c3. You need to become a California corporation. Sure you need to you write get, some bylaws. Make sure you get your trademark. Get your trademark. And he, he started, and he, and he, you know, and he got us going. He and took a, a special interest in us. A special in interest in us. us. And uh, he's, he's on our board of directors. And I started thinking about him today um, a little bit more because of the things that he had, the basic Christian things that he had done for us in our lives and why he did them and he was mr encouragement right why because i think um that he trusted so much in god that that was i i think above all he trusted he trusted the bible and he trusted who god really was and so i think that it was his goal in life to communicate that trust to other people yeah and he was so encouraging. And, 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 you know, and if you read the Bible, what did Jesus do? He encouraged. Right. Dr. Douglas was interested in people. Mm-hmm. When you read the Bible, what did Jesus come to reveal? His interest God in people. was interested in people. Mm-hmm. He didn't condemn. When you read the Bible and the life of Jesus, did Jesus condemn? No. What about the woman that was thrown down? I, I, you know, they wanted Jesus to stone her. They wanted to get Jesus in trouble either way. But I think they would have liked Jesus more if he would have stoned that woman. Mm. But as he said, woman, where are your accusers? She said, they're not here. And he says, well, neither do I condemn you. You got enough going on between your ears. I don't need to condemn you. Dr. Douglas never condemned he didn't judge. He accepted us just the way we were. You know, and it's interesting, that's our, the name of our ministry, Just As I Am Ministries, and it's kind of a fitting title, and we all put that together, didn't we? Yes. Um, the interesting thing, the thing that really, really began to remove doubt for me this week, because we spent this week with him, um, was during this whole week, he was praying for other people. 
He was concerned with other people. He was concerned if so-and-so was get, would get to see him and wanted to make sure that, you know, he, he was worried right. about other people as he was dying. As the nurses came in, he was, you know, I'm doing fine. How are you doing he, he today? He was trying <laughs> to make sure that everybody understood that he had a relationship with God and everything was fine. Right. And it was just, and there was a stream of visitors mm-hmm. nonstop. He touched so many lives, didn't he? Yes. What kind of witness does that do for someone who has doubt? You know, I mean, it really helps me. And the other thing that I, I noticed that the probably the biggest impact he had on the people at the hospital, the nurses, mm-hmm. was they said something that I never realized, that true Christians die different. Mm than non-Christians. They said the non-Christians fight it and all of this stuff, and I thought, I never thought of that. Mm-hmm. And he died with such peace. And that changes people. And so, once again, we'd like to dedicate today's program to my best friend, Dr. Herbert Edgar Douglas. Now, sorry I get a little choked up. <laughs> I wanted to get to... Uh, we asked a couple questions last week, and we never got to one that was really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, why should I pray if God already knows what I need? And I don't know how much this ties into having doubt or not having doubt, but it really helps me when things— because one of the reasons I never came to God originally and totally messed my life up was I looked around at this world and I thought, God, if this is the best you can do, I don't want any part of it. You know, this is a world. I mean, you face it. This world is a mess, and I think that's what drives a lot of people away from Christianity. Because, in reality, I mean, right, if God, if people, God, right, if God is 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 so good and and loving and everything, how can He let us suffer? Exactly. How can He let us lose somebody that we love so so deeply? Why is there pain, suffering, and right. and misery going on if if God is so good? Which brings us to the title of this program: Freedom to Choose. Right. Because God will not run a universe with robots. What would you do if your child was a robot? I love you, Mommy. I love you, Mommy. Come on. See, and so your children are free to rebel, and God created this universe that way. If we exist in harmony with the way he does things, everything's fine. But things got out of harmony. The Bible says sin is lawlessness. Sin is an attitude of rebellion. It's, it's a mindset. It's yeah. a state of mind. Well, the book of Isaiah and Ezekiel talk about a creature that was created, and he was perfect in all of his ways until he rebelled, until rebellion was found in him. And so we put that question up on the whiteboard. Is if, uh, you know, why should I pray if God already knows what I need? And I was trying to think of how to, how to uh, explain that to the women there, and, and it kind of came to me— um, I, I remember we said, what would happen if I walked in the room? No, and, I walked you know, in the room. You know, if you rocked in the room first. Well, I walked in the room first, and, and, and I was crying. And you were crying. I was hysterical. Uh-huh. And the women said, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I said, you're not going to believe this, but I caught rich with another woman. Oh. And then, I, I can, and then after that, I come bebopping in. And everybody would be looking at me all, and I and I said, "Well, who are you going to believe?" I'm I'm going to say I didn't do it, 
And, they and all, I'm going to say he did do it. And who are you going to believe? And they all pointed to Susan. We're going to believe Susan. We're going to believe her. And I said, now, why would you believe her? And they all said, she's one of us. That's right. Precisely. There was an angel that rebelled. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to be lifted up like the Most High. He wanted to be God. He rebelled. And he took one-third of the angels with him, thought he had a better idea, and they believed the angel because he was one of them. And if we look in the book of Job, we get an answer to why, why we do need to pray because there's more than just us and God involved in this thing. Right, because going back to our example, we could go back and forth, back and forth. We he, did say, it, he said, I, she said all day long. Right. He did, he didn't, back and forth, back and forth. It would have to take a demonstration to allow things to play out for us, for anybody to see what the truth is. Exactly. And that's what's happening here. Everything God's allowing everything to play out so that we can see in demonstration forms. Because... We can trust people in their word, but there's nothing better than demonstration. Yeah, and you know what? It was interesting that the whole classroom agreed that it would need to be dem. It would have to play out because there's no way they were going to believe me. Right. They were going to believe you until it was proven different. And see, and that, that's what happened. And I mean, because think about it. Deceiving one-third of these brilliant beings. They were raised in a perfect environment with a perfect father in perfect conditions, and yet they were deceived. So the enemy is one brilliant being. Yes. And that's why and he, go ahead. That's why he, he can deceive us, and he has us thinking bad things about God and bad things about ourselves. And remember we talked about the trailer court within the, between the ears because, you know, we, we talk to the women about when, what are you going to do when you hit the gates? Right. What are you going to do when you leave here? Who are you going to listen to? Right. Are you going to listen to God's word, Who, you, what you've been studying and putting in your mind? Or are you going to allow all those crazy voices to speak to you about right. who you really aren't? And who are those crazy voices? There's, they're, they're voices of people that, that, that you've heard say bad things about you. Or it's because of bad past choices. Bad past choices. Made. Right. You know, and even though those things you may have done and may have been, you're no longer that person now. And that's the only thing an addict can hold on to. That's why an addict has to come to God in order to get relief. Because he's no longer, once you come to God and, and your sins are wiped away, wiped clean, and you have that new heart, you're set right with a new heart, a new, uh, a right spirit. A new line of vision. Then you can say, I am no longer that person. Right. I may have done those things in the past, but that's not who I am today. And so, I'm a new creature in Christ. Yeah, and so when those tapes start playing, that's how you fight back. In Christ Jesus, I am no longer that person. That's right. And and the devil has nothing in you. Right, that doubt can come, and, and, and you, you can go right to Christ and say, no, because I believe you instead of what's going on in my head. Right, right. And see— and. So I'm, let's go back now to the book of Job because it, it's like played out in technicolor in the book of Job. You know, the devil shows up, there's this meeting, and God says to the devil, where'd you come from? And he said, down there, the earth. Going to and fro. To and fro and east up and, and west. down, east and west, north, north and, and south. south. In other words, that earth is mine. And God said, not so fast. Have you considered my servant Job? He's mine. In other words, because the Bible says he hates evil. In other words, he hates you. The devil says, uh-uh, not so fast. You bribe him. That's why he loves you. 
what you know you peel back the onion what the devil is saying basically is god you cannot run your universe based on love like you claim you have to bribe your subjects you are bribing job and that's why he serves you take everything away and he will curse you god says i'm not going to take every everything away from that man go ahead so what do you think the universe is seeing here they're seeing the healer and the destroyer in action. Right. So the devil goes down and he destroys. And he takes away. He takes, takes, takes. That's what sin does. It takes. God gives, God gives, God gives. Sin takes. That's the harmony that got disrupted in the universe. And so we, we see it displayed here. So now when we pray, when, when Job cries out, he is proving to the universe whose side he's on. You know, the devil even influences Job's wife. What does she say? Curse God and die. The exact words that God, that, that the devil wanted Job, Job to, to say. say. Right. You see, and so if Job curses God, then the devil wins. Right. But God proves not only that Job loves God, but God also proves that he's a good judge of character. Right. That he knows he can re- that he can read the hearts and thoughts of men. So when you're going through troubles and trials, remember a lot of times it's God's effort to get you closer to him. Through all of this, Job got closer to God and the entire universe became closer to God. Right. They were able to see the everything being played out and who was telling the truth and who was the one that was trying to to deceive everybody so it got demonstrated there and many other things get demonstrated as we go through and we watch things happen in this battle between good and evil and you come to the cross remember jesus says i must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men Mm-hmm. men influenced by the devil. Right. And he was put on the cross. And and it, that it, was that was the great the greatest example of the difference between good and evil, how, between God and Satan. How Jesus gave. Right. And how the devil took the life. Mm-hmm. And just it's just that it, the devil takes and see once we buy into that fact that we can take did, when you were in your addiction, did you give or did you take? I took that's what addiction does. That's right. what sin does. It mm-hmm. takes. And when we're living like that, we're living out of harmony with God. And God's just simply saying, that just doesn't work. That's not how my universe operates. It operates on love. It's based on love. And, and so we see this demonstration around us in, in, in life on how, you know, this amazing, amazing thing. So as we, as we go through and we, we talk about doubt, one of the first questions we're going to have is, what about the Bible? How can we be sure about God and the Bible? Um, how do we know it's true? Well, first off, what is the Bible about? Is it, a, is it like a blueprint of do's and don'ts? A lot of people use it that way. Okay, and it right? can be used that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's a little bit more about stories about what God is willing to do in people's lives, even I, though they totally messed their lives up. I like how you say from the beginning of to the end, what the Bible is. Yeah, from in the beginning, man is with God, or God is with man in a garden, mm-hmm. walking with him as best friends. Mm-hmm. And in the end, man is with God, God is with man, right? Mm-hmm. Best yeah. friends. And what's in the what's in the middle? Man running from God, 
and God chasing after man. Man getting into terrible accidents and God sweeping up the broken glass and doing the best he can with a bad situation. And sometimes God had to yell a little bit. He had to do a little thunder from Mount Sinai to get some attention. He has to do that. Sometimes we have to do that with our children. But that's not the ideal. Jesus came with the ideal method. He walked among people. He healed. He took care of them. He was interested in people. And they hated that ideal. They hated that God. And they put that God on a cross. Mm -hmm. They wanted a different God. They wanted a God that would stone that woman. Right. That's the God they wanted. And it's so sad that the human mind can, can go there. But we can do that in the name of religion. And I think that's one of the things that give religion a bad rap, is, 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 a, is a concept of God that is mean, a concept arbitrary. of God arbitrary, judgmental. For, you know, God is not trying to get us in trouble. We're already in trouble. He's trying to get us out He's of trouble. He's trying to get us out of trouble. Right. He's doing everything he can to get. So these trials that we go through, it's just God's way of trying to get our attention so that we can see our need for him, right. realize our need, and come to him. And when those doubts come, we have to remember that he is the life giver, that he, he's not the destroyer. He's trying to restore our hearts. And, so that, that, that's the main thing is getting to know God good enough so that you can trust him just like Job did. Exactly. You know, and I think that's one of the reasons why Jesus, as he mingled among men and walked among men, that he healed them right. first. I mean, there's nothing more. Uh, I mean, when you go to the doctor after he's just maybe a couple years ago done something that really helped you, mm -hmm. when you go to him the next time, do you have a little more trust in him? Yes. Yeah. And if, But if you go to a quack, <laughs> what happens? You don't trust him and you don't go back. Right. So so if we continue to go to Jesus, we're going to, we know as long as we are quote unquote obedient, in other words, a willingness to listen, as long as we have that willingness to listen, that open, humble willingness to listen, he can heal the damage done. And, and the thing is, is we're not always talking about physical healing. Yes, there's physical healing, but the main thing is, is our brains need to be healed. You know, our hearts, we need, we need that heart operation. Because um, who can know the heart? It's because it's desperately wicked, right? So God wants to create in us a new heart, give, take the, the heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. That's where the true healing comes in. I love that text. I mean, it, I, mean I didn't love it, love it when I first read it a few times, but Jeremiah seventeen nine, the heart is deceitful and desperately, and some translations say sick. Mm -hmm. See what King David did with Uriah? And with Bathsheba, he broke the law. Yeah. He committed murder. Committed murder. Adultery. Yeah. But what he did was sick. Right. It was wrong. See, what we do is sick. And it was, so we're desperately sick. And we all do that in an, in an effort to take. Mm -hmm. In an effort to take, to disrupt for that. Self. For self. Right. Sometimes, some, you know, his, his sin with Uriah was self-preservation. It was, once again, revolved around self. How can I fix my problem? And that's why they call it a fix. That's why they call dope a fix. It fixes the problem temporarily, but right. that's all it does. It's a Band-Aid. Right. We need to go for complete healing we, for the salvation of our souls. Complete healing. And how are we going to learn to do that? We have to step out in faith, and when we do, God gives us the power. That's where the power is. He said, just make the choice. I'll give you the power. Right. I will follow through on my promises. All you have to do is choose me. Just line up your will on my side. Choose me. I will follow. He's the one that's faithful. 
It's not me. It's not me. I'm not, I'm not a faithful person, no. but I can choose God. Right. I can choose his ways and say, God, work in me and do in me your good pleasure, your will, because my will, even, you know, even Jesus went through that in the, in in the, the garden. garden of Gethsemane. Right. He said, not my will, your will. As human beings, we're messed up. We don't want to do the right thing. It's hard. It's scary. It causes us to be afraid. But God can set us right. God can set us right. Yes. So we asked the question again today, folks, do you want to be made well? Only you can answer that question. As Jesus asked many people that he healed, do you want to be made well? Friend. Herbert Edgar Douglas was my best friend. And this program today is dedicated to him. Next week, we will head into week 13 of the book, Steps to Right, Christ Recovery Edition. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose in the series Questions from Prison. There truly is hope for anyone whose life is in addiction captivity. Whether behind walls or not, Rich and Susan are living testimonials and they've created this seven-step biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook for someone you know or if you're a member of a church and you'd like to create a ministry in the area of addiction, Rich and Susan can help you get started. Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. Call 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.